Hello, welcome to Free Your Children on WXRQ 1460 AM Christian Radio. I am your host, Tiffany Boyd, and my mission here at Free Your Children is to share the truth and love about education. There's a battle raging for the souls of our nation's children, and I hope this ministry equips you for battle. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Ephesians 6, 10 through 11. Thank you to Safe Storage for sponsoring tonight's show. If you have storage needs and you're in the Middle Tennessee area, Columbia or Mount Pleasant, Safe Storage can take care of all of your storage needs. You can reach them at safestoragetn.com. If you would like to sponsor for your children radio show, send me an email at foryourchildren at gmail.com and I'll be happy to send you a sponsorship package. If you are interested in donating to For Your Children and all the projects that we have upcoming, you can find a donation link at my website, foryourchildren.com. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, email, the Borough Pulse, that's B-O-R-O-P-U-L-S-E dot com, where I am a monthly contributor. If you type in my name, Tiffany Boyd, at the Borough Pulse, my author page will come up and you can read all the articles that I have penned to date about education. You can also find me, again, on my website at FreeYourChildren.com. I have an upcoming seminar scheduled in Williamson County, Tennessee with Turning Point USA. If you're in the area, uh, I would love to have an opportunity to meet you in person, so please join us. I am very excited to have two guests with us tonight that are going to bring a lot to the table. I have Pastor Dale Walker, who is the president of Tennessee Pastors Association. And then I also have school board member, Dwayne Howard. I'm gonna let these gentlemen introduce themselves and we'll get started. Hello, gentlemen. Thank you for joining us tonight. Hi, Mrs. Boyd. Pleasure to be here. It's an honor. My name is Dwayne Howard. I am a uh, present sitting member of the White County School Board Association in Sparta, Tennessee. Glad to be here. Fantastic. Wonderful. Yes, Pastor Dale Walker, and that's the Tennessee Pastors Network. There are a lot of associations out there. I just want to clarify that for the listeners this evening. It's the Tennessee Pastors Network. We're part of the American Pastors Network, and I'm president, and I'm also a pastor and a pastor in Whitleyville, Tennessee. Fantastic. Thank you for clarifying that, Pastor Walker. And I will have that information linked um, over on my Free Your Children page and also on my Spotify channel after this interview um, airs where our listeners can find you. So gentlemen, we shared some information that went viral at this point now, and it was an incident in the county where Mr. Howard is a school board member. And this incident stemmed from an assignment that was given, I call it the murder assignment, that was given by a teacher. And it was a creative writing assignment from what I understand. And it was a, a writing prompt that was given to an eighth grade class. And that writing prompt began like this. I didn't mean to kill her. I only meant to hurt her, but now her ghost follows me everywhere. Mr. Howard, could you expound upon this situation a little bit? Tell tell our listeners exactly what happened with this particular assignment. 
Well, thank you very much. And uh, this will be a recall of my memory of the events last uh, August the 10th, uh, the last school board meeting. <clears throat> we have uh, an opportunity for parents to come in or anyone from the audience to address the school board now, which is a new thing. And I'm glad to see that. And so the uh, this parent walks up, hands us all a, a sheet of uh, this writing assignment with the teacher's prompt at the top and gave an example of one of the students' writings underneath. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had a chance to glance at it and read it. And then she started talking and showing her disapproval and, as a parent that her child was uh, not able to finish the assignment because you know inside them was telling them there's something wrong with this. And that I was so proud of that student and so proud of the parent for them to coming and to address the school board with it. And uh, that took a lot of guts. That took a lot of Yes. Uh, but I, I think that if more people in the communities will realize that they do have that opportunity and uh, and take that opportunity, I think uh, there's a possibility, you know, that a lot of things could change. So I want to compliment them, compliment that student. And so the brief moment that I had to read that and look at that, that was three, that was an introductory from a teacher in the eighth grade system of White County Middle School for this supposedly English learning, uh, writing, English learning arts, possibly mm -hmm. writing assignment. Supposedly it's not curriculum, but it was given as an assignment. And supposedly also there was not a, uh, an alternative given for a student that couldn't finish it and wanted to write. Uh, for to fulfill, you know, the requirements of, of what the teacher wanted at that time. Right. So when when I read that, I looked at that and I said, you, my first thought was, you got to be kidding me. I cannot believe that's possibly in today's atmosphere of, you know, we're spending thousands and millions on, on trying to protect our students now because of the, the atmosphere now of the danger with their public settings you know, for SRO officers, for extra locks, for extra security, for extra entrances, for teachers having extra responsibilities to guard and protect. And, and my question was, if if this teacher had given an assignment that was sort of, you know, just objective and a, and a student took this down a dark hole, mm -hmm. well, that would have been one issue. What would that student been? Would they have been immediately suspended? Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up because with this extreme push toward mental health that we're seeing right now with our summer legislative session, special session that just wrapped up, a huge number of the bills was were geared specifically toward mental health. And there are certain things that these mental health providers are looking for and mark as red flags. And I believe exactly what you're saying to be accurate, that if a student had written something like this of their own volition, those that child would have immediately been flagged as a threat. You know, what would have what would have happened to them? Would they have been um, made to undergo a mental evaluation? Would they have been slapped with some type of mental health diagnoses? Would they have been removed from their parents' care? You know, if it had been a student, as you just said, that had written this without being directed to do so by their teacher, this could have ended up, you know, and, and been a totally different scenario than we have here. So to think that a teacher 
would assign this and believe that this would, is an appropriate assignment to, to be given to students is just egregious. It's unbelievable. I agree 100% with your assessment. And to uh, you, you brought up some good topics that I, I'd like to make notes and be able to uh, touch on them later. But to follow through with my thinking, I read that, well, those three sentences, and I said, any one of those sentences right there uh, individually would be leading every student in that class down a dark direction, in my opinion. Yes. But, but to combine all three of those sentences right there, how do you even possibly not take it down? A dark direction. Will will the students be having to sit there now and to write something that? Well, how this is just question. How will I cover this up that I've murdered somebody? How will I to justify this if, if if or when I murdered somebody? And what will I do? Will that stay with me the rest of my life? Will I just confess and take whatever punishment? Will that stay with me the rest of my life? And how will I use that for the future? Now, that's what I, I thought when I saw it. And I said, how in the world could you possibly give this assignment? And how could you possibly get a second chance Right. as a teacher? And when I made those statements there, it was like maybe you'd whipped your favorite dog. <laughs> when, when I looked over there and they were just looking away from me with disappointment, looking over in the crowd. But there was other people that were there sitting from the community were in agreement. Right. The parent agreement. They were uh, they were astounded that there wasn't even harsher things being said. But that night, there was nothing said about any punishment going to come to the teacher, no uh, any type of suspension to the teacher. And to the best of my knowledge, there hasn't been anything yet done as far as punishment, except for a letter of apology is supposed to be written by the teacher and sent home to the students. Yeah, I, I actually read the letter. You know, it was made public. And my feeling, and this is my opinion, my feelings toward that letter were this. Were they a pop, was this particular teacher, because I don't know who the teacher is or if the teacher is a, a male or a female, but is that teacher apologizing because they got caught or because they realized that this was an inappropriate, you know, assignment? We, I mean, I'm, I'm a former public school teacher, um, so I kind of know how the system works there. So I'm wondering if this teacher was instructed to form, to, to write, to compose this letter uh, because they made the decision to do so, or if HR instructed them, you know, to, to compose a, an, an apology letter and issue it. And another thing that I wanted, and that's just a question that I have, maybe you can answer that, I'm not sure. Um, but another question that I have is this, I watched the school board meeting where the parent uh, addressed the school board about this particular assignment. And when and she had her her son there as well, the student that I'm assuming was the one that was in the class that was given this assignment to complete. And she had photographs that she held up. So was it did the teacher give the students photographs to look at? Because the parent held up one photo that looked like the silhouette of a face, but it didn't have any facial features. It was just black. And the other photo that she held up was a photo of a room, I'm assuming, with a lot of windows that she said appeared to have blood spatters all over it. So from, I took away from that, not only was it an assignment that was given, there were visuals that the teacher provided for the students to look at when they actually composed this piece. 
Well, you you bring up a really good question. <clears throat> Where I'm working, it doesn't have an internet service, so I've not been able to reach back and look at the the uh, video. Mm -hmm. or, and so, but my memory's trying to run back right now, and I believe the parent did show hold up something, but. Yes, she held up a photo and, and she said, these photos, my son told me what they were supposed to be looking at. And then she recreated the photos according to, you know, what he says that they were provided in the classroom. So not only, according to this parent, were they given this prompt, they were also shown visuals of apparently a murder scene <laughs> to be able to compose this particular uh, writing assignment. Well, my goal is to bring this back up and that's next month's agenda. And maybe we can hash, you know, through some of those details. If the director and the executive committee will allow it, we will right. find out. Right. You, Go ahead. You, I think you started down a question there. In this last legislative session, there was like 70 something laws passed and about 40 something policy changes on the local level that we, we were dealing with. And one of them, I remembered a, a statement about social and emotional learning assessment. Yes. And um, it was it was just broadly sp uh, written, and I don't know the details about it. But that was another question that hit my mind also. Is this something that this teacher was encouraged behind the scenes or instructed as a, a young teacher that this is going to be the future of our education system, our public system, where we're going to evaluate and assess uh, all our students mentally, socially, emotionally, and what kind of stipulation, what kind of tattoo. I have a lot of problems with, you know, educational people, but also in there, there's more money, more money for psychiatrists yep. and, uh, to be introdu introduced into our, our public education along with nursing and you know, I think our public education is uh, leading, intentionally going down a direction that I don't want them to, I want that to be the parent's responsibility. I Absolutely. want that to be, the you know, a whole other entity besides our public education, because we all know that uh, dollars influence attitude. And uh, so the darkness that can come out of that uh as founds me, but that's a question right there that I would like to know more about the social and emotional learning assessment. Well, um, absolutely. And if you would like, or any of the listeners would like more information on that, that is one of the topics that I do a very deep dive into with the seminars that I'm hosting. So it is a very nefarious agenda. We are loading up our schools with mental, mental health professionals to uh, propagate this agenda um, that we're seeing in the classrooms all over our nation. It's a nationwide push, and there's a lot of money coming in from um, the federal government and, and at a state level as well to uh, fund these particular programs. I've written extensively about this with the Borough Pulse, and then again, I go into great detail um, with the with the seminars when I do those. And and Pastor Dale, you've been at the the Hill during the summer study session, correct? Uh, I have had uh, people that are part of our group that has been there. Uh, I have personally uh, not attended, uh, but I've, you know, I've got reports back. I've had pastors that are part of our group that have been there. Um, I've, I've obviously kept a pulse on this, addressed the issues. I did take a group of pastors down uh, before uh, the meeting. We did meet with high-level officials in the state to address the concerns 
of, of our pastors addressing this. You know, what I find interesting on this local issue is that a couple of years ago, uh, I believe it was our Senator Paul Bailey that carried a bill in the state that schools had to put up in the schools, in God we trust. Mm-hmm. So every school uh, in God we trust is put on the wall by state law. And so if in God we trust, I would like to bring up a question to the school director. And in our local area, from what I understand, the executive board is the director of the schools and the chairman of the committee. So you got two people that are controlling the whole local agenda. Now, this is a problem because I went before the school board, tried to go before the school board last year, and I wasn't allowed to speak. So I just took my issue before the county commissioner. And I want to encourage your listeners out there, if you're having problems with your local school board, go to your county commissioners because they fund the schools. That's good. That's good. So Yes, absolutely. Need to know that they need to go to their county commissioners because at some point the county commissioners are going to get sick and tired of hearing about all the problems in the schools when they're funding this. And if they got a tire, if they got tyranny and a tyrannical ruler that's over there that is restricting free speech, then they're going to stand up and do something about it. So I find it interesting that we have in God we trust on the walls. And I wonder if an alternative assignment could have been given to those students here in White County of number six. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about, number six? Well, sadly, a lot of Christians don't even know what the Ten Commandments say, but number six says, thou shalt not kill. Mm-hmm. So what if a Christian student would have turned around and flipped around and wrote a paper on thou shalt not kill? Right, exactly. And and, and so, I mean, I think this also uh, really should encourage the citizens out there to get to your, your local pastors. Number one, the pastors need to be standing up on this. And I'm going to be asking local pastors, Tiffany, if they'll open up their churches to have you come up and do a seminar on this social alone, a social emotional assessment learning. I'm going to ask right here in Sparta, being as we've had this go on right here, right. Deep, deep in the Bible Belt, right mm-hmm. here where the and the steeples and the valleys point people toward heaven. But it looks like to me, the assignments in the schools are pointing the kids toward hell. Yeah, I agree. And, and I appreciate that, uh, Pastor Walker. And, and that's one thing that I wanted to, to talk about a little bit this evening is the fact that the church remains largely silent on what is happening and what has happened in our schools. And I wrote an article over a year ago now titled The Elephant in the Room. And I've always said that education is the elephant in the room because pastors do not want to address these issues for fear of the the majority of their congregation getting up and leaving and taking their money with them. So where do you feel like the church should be in all of this? And what do they need to be doing, in your opinion? Well, the Bible clearly talks about that it's better that a millstone be hung about the individual that's going to offend one of these little ones and they be cast in the depths of the sea. If we're going to, and that was Jesus' words, okay? Right. Uh, the Bible. Uh, so, so Jesus told us as the church to stand for the, the, of the of the little ones. We're told in the Bible to train up a child in the way it should go when it's old will not depart from it. So we have a training program over here that's enticing the minds of young people to go to dark places. It's the pulpit's responsibility. Charles Finney said, if Satan rules in the halls of legislation, it's the pulpit's responsibility. So the pulpits 
and I call them demonations. I don't call them denominations anymore because many of the demonations are woke. Mm -hmm. And the problem is the pulpits are silent. And in my opinion, I know a lot of churches that have teachers that go to those schools. And when you gather and you get together at these pastoral association meetings and these local ministerial association meetings, the pastors get up and they stumble over themselves and they want to be the first one to get up and talk about that. They're not political. It makes me sick. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, it takes a brave pastor to be willing to tackle these issues. And I'm so thankful that we have pastors, they're few and far between. I said from the beginning that there would be a separating of the wheat and the chaff, and I fully believe that that's what we're seeing today. There's a very small population of pastors who are willing to address this head on, and then I'm very thankful for the school board members like Mr. Howard, who truly are concerned about the souls of our nation's children. Yes, We, as Christians, we are not called to be silent. We are called to take a a stand. And our children, we are losing our children. There is a mass falling away of the faith um, from the children in our nation. And the reason being is because the majority of Christians send their children to public schools where they are taught their Christian faith is a lie for the majority of their formative years. If we do not address these topics, and that doesn't even include all the nefarious agendas that are being promulgated in public schools right now, and it's only going to get worse. So um, I really I'm, I'm thankful that we have both of you gentlemen who are on the front lines of this battlefield and fighting it. Uh, Mr. Howard, what is the consensus of the situation at the school board? Do you have other school board members that see these issues for what they are and that are concerned about these things and are fighting as you are? I wish, Ms. Boyd, I wish. Um, presently, uh, our school board has uh, gained a couple of more conservative voices mm-hmm. and, and that I'm very proud for them to be there. Uh, I'm not trying to say that we're uh, divided, but in the past, I think sort of like your listeners and like a lot of people in the United States, they've been fed uh, wrong information for so long. Mm-hmm. Like our people in our in our churches, they've been fed that they've got to keep our religion and our faith in the four walls there, and we can't walk out in the public with it, which is absolutely wrong on, on every level that uh, right. they about. So the same thing in the school board. The school board has been indoctrined for for several decades, in my opinion, mm-hmm. now, that they are there to serve the NEAs, the TEAs, the uh, director of school uh, unions, the TSBA. They have schools have so many acronyms, but all yes. of them rely <laughs> on. Uh, you've been a teacher; you understand what I'm yes. saying. Mm-hmm. On what is being fed down from the top down from the federal government through the state. Yes, and all those. Uh, Federal and state legislators a lot of times add to, take away from, that have no practical experience or no intentions of doing anything that the public needs to know except what they want to feed us. Right. And feed the school board members. And so to say that they're bad people on the school board, I, I simply say that they're just misinformed and they've been indoctrinated to where all it takes a lot of times is just a few good people like yourself and what Pastor Walker has done. And I compliment him. He's a very humble man. I have followed him to the state capitol on more than one occasion and watched him work 
and been amazed so that I want to follow in his footsteps. And uh, luckily, this past legislative session right there, he and I met together and we went different directions working on the same goal. Right. So people don't understand that they have, our Constitution still gives the public the power. Right. Exactly. They power. Amen. More than just the, the time at, at the voting polls, they have the power to go and address these issues. And they have the power to walk up and down the halls with Cordell Hull and, and the state capitol to, to address their elected people and say, hey, you're here to follow what we want, not what the people above would maybe even the purse strings. You've got to start listening to us. And uh, I have been pushing for that. And I have also pushed for, you know, once you get informed just a little bit and then you get motivated and then you get some support from people like yourself or Pastor Walker and get a little bit of uh, encouragement. Then the next thing you know, like myself, I'm wanting to address an addition to our policies to where us as elected school board members are guardians of the public trust Absolutely. and that, that we pursue their interests and categorize their interests. And we'll see if it gets passed. We'll see. I'm going to do that this next uh, the September meeting right here. That would be very interesting to watch. And I, it's very ironic. It's a God thing. I truly believe it. He has his hands all over this ministry that you just brought up. We, the people, have the power. One thing that you will see a theme in my seminars that I do is this, that to secure these rights, government, we have the power to do what? We have the power to change the government if they're not serving us. I think politicians have forgotten who they work for. Uh, lobbying is such a powerful tool and educational lobbyists are so powerful and there's so much money changing hands that most of these individuals are serving their own interest. And they're so, I speak about this a lot. People say, well, we just need to defund uh, the Department of Education. Well, that sounds really great, and, and that would be good, but there's so much money coming through multiple different federal departments that you would have to defund all of those in order to stop what we have now. So this problem is really pervasive. Um, it's a lot of special interests that are going on, and, and a lot of individuals that are more concerned with their place in the political arena than they are the souls of our nation, nation's children. And that includes conservatives as well. And I think that's the group that I'm most upset with in that they are supposed to be the ones um, that have chosen to protect our God-given rights. And it doesn't seem that they are doing those things. I was horrified to see the bills that were being introduced in this summer study session. I wasn't surprised. I expected what I saw. Um, but it was still horrifying nonetheless. And we're the people are going to have to take the power back. Yeah, it's amazing that a lot of people can talk the talk. Well, when it takes a little shoe leather or a little backbone, they go, oh, I can't do that. But right. they were ever to do it just once. They'd realize, you know, that God's with us. Exactly. And that God can win the battles and let us have the victories. But sometimes God just calls us to stand. Well, I want to I want to uh, key in on that. You know, uh, Paul told Timothy in t in uh, in the book there of uh, in the Bible, it says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And many people fear because they are not they're not prepared to go speak on this stuff, Tiffany. And this is why your educational seminars are so are so important. And 
You know, the Bible says that my people perish, perish because of lack of knowledge and our silent, uh, our silent joke pulpits that have become nothing but a bunch of silliness and stupidness are not preparing the minds of the people. This is why that only about 4% of people in America that even attend church have a biblical worldview and a less than percentage of that of the children have a biblical worldview. Mm -hmm. And this is where we've got a problem. And you covered that a while ago, but for people are going to have to plug into this stuff. And if people's pastors are hirelings and they're dumb dogs that won't bark, and that's Bible, look it up. Wow. Uh, then, then they become like useful idiots. And yes. you can look at that term uh, where that came from years ago when America was facing another war, uh, that people become useful idiots. And that's where we're at in our world today. We have a bunch of useful idiots in the pulpit and a bunch of useful idiots in the pew because they don't want knowledge. Absolutely. I really appreciate and admire the work that you men are doing. Thank you. We need more men. That's another thing that I want to bring up too. We need more men that are willing to stand in the gap. I told someone once that if the men would do what they're required and called by God to do, I wouldn't need to be doing what I'm doing. Amen. Yes, so, right. So thank but, you. But we're the, there, okay? We're amen. Yes, I really do appreciate. Um, it always does my heart good to see men that are taking up the mantle and are doing exactly what God calls them to do. And I want to remind my listeners of something from the Declaration of Independence, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Amen. So we do. The people have the power and God gives us the power as well. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. And he gives, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the call. So if you're listening to this show and you think that you aren't equipped to fight these battles, you are because God doesn't leave his people. I want to take the time once again to thank Safe Storage for sponsoring tonight's show. If you have storage needs and you're in the Middle Tennessee area, you can reach out again to safestoragetn.com, Columbia area, Mount Pleasant area. They will take care of all your storage needs. And I want to leave you with this. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. We love you here at WXRQ. But remember, Jesus loves you so much more. Good night and God bless.